0: and welcome to Ladies Who London Podcast. I'm Emily Dell
1: and I'm Alex Lacey and we are Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides.
0: Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London.
1: We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a
0: bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacey.com as
1: well as oh I've forgotten Oh, yeah. uh which is the dedicated website for the podcast and the things. Oh, I was so close.
0: You were that. so close. I was so close. We are right, dedicated. I had a Brain fart. Brain How are fart. you, Emily Dell? I am very well, Alex Lacey. Yes, it is absolutely roasting. Are you feeling the, uh, the sweatiness of summer?
1: Yeah, I've been sweating pretty much all day. Mm. i went for a a swim in the docks today at about six o'clock to cool off and i'm back to sweating again so that's nice were there any seals no it's in the dock not in the river
0: (laughs) oh but don't you get i thought you got seals in the dock i
1: don't think so no well i didn't meet any oh that's sad that's good
0: and i can actually see a little inflatable my paddling pool is out still in my swimming costume oh yes god look at that lycra oh
1: yeah yeah a sexy look. How are you? What have you been up to? Are
0: you still sweating? So I, I am. Um, and I have been wandering and skipping around gardens this week. So yeah, I've had a lovely time. I've taken a group of how many people did I have? 10 people on the last garden tour around gardens in Derby.
1: Nice. Yeah. What good gardens are in
0: Derby then? So where do we go? We went to Chatsworth House. Oh, oh my nice. gosh. Have you been there? Never. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, where else did we go? We went to Renishaw Hall, Cottesbrook Hall. Lots of amazing gardens, which had so much history attached to it with these grand houses that we wandered around and saw paintings and chandeliers. Had lots of tea and cake. Oh, it's great. Amazing.
1: Mm. That sounds yeah. lovely. Oh,
0: that's lovely. It that was yeah. very nice. And how's your week been? Um,
1: I think it's been good. I can't really remember... Mm-hmm. Um what have I been doing oh yes no I did I I um did a lovely tour uh with Joe Falcon Cross who uh does listen to the podcast so hi Joe Hi uh, Joe this weekend on Saturday uh, me and her and her dad we went out and it was pretty darn warm uh, but we made it through um and I had my te- right get this my first day off on Sunday for about three months what three months and I was so happy I only did about 10 minutes of work in the entire day oh
0: my god what did I mean, you do I,
1: I mean I, I did I tidied my house a lot well
0: done. I watched
1: quite a lot of Netflix mm. I had a, I had a nap mate I had a nap
0: a nap
1: a nap I, I'm a big a big fan of naps yeah you are um, I really am, and I had a nap, and it was lovely. Um, and I went for a walk, and it was just—it was, yeah. I just needed to not work, and it was exactly perfect for me. There you go.
0: God, fifteen right, so free months. Did
1: very little yeah. and achieved very little as well, and that was mm. the whole point of it.
0: No, well done, well yeah. done. So last was- week, what were we doing? What were we talking about? Come on, brain. We were talking about Ham House. Oh, we were. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was my go, wasn't it? Yes, it was your go. Yes, I took. I took you to Richmond. You did virtually, and um, yeah, we went around the gardens. I spoke about the history of Ham House. Yeah. And the
1: uh, the secret shenanigans that used to happen in the gardens oh, yes. as well, which, yes, which yes, yes. piqued my interest a little bit.:
0: Yes, and that was your podcast pedestal pick. That was my po-
1: podcast pedestal pick. the secret conversations in the garden. Mm. over the machinations and the flirting and all of that lovely stuff.
0: Yes.
1: And what did you go for?
0: So I went for the sealed knot. So Elizabeth Murray, who lived at Ham House, she so was inclined. I say sealed knot, but on Instagram, you might have noticed that I wrote sealed knit uh, <laughs> by accident. So this wasn't kind of some... but the WI, that, isn't it? knitters um, that, you know, surrounding people in wool. Uh, no, it was um, led by lots of influential people who wanted Oliver Cromwell... Uh, out and Charles II in, so I went for this kind of secret underground club.
1: Mm, really yeah. good pick, yeah. and it was very very close this week. It was forty <gasps> seven percent to fifty three percent.
0: Oh, that's close.
1: And the winner was you, the oh, Smiths Society. Oh
0: God! <laughs> Even though I spelt it wrong. Even that's though fantastic. you spelt it wrong. Although I think on the post itself. I spelt it right but on the uh, actual Instagram yeah. story anyway oh great fantastic well done so I think that's 13-11 to me are we sure about that because I won last week you did win last week but I was still one ahead yep yeah, so one ahead oh okay yeah so now I'm two ahead oh, maths
1: maths has never been my strong point no no
0: dear new. No. No. Um, can I do a quick little shout out yeah sure So just want to do a shout out to our lovely listener Saskia Adam who I believe you're taking on a tour this Friday.
1: I am Saskia yes bring your sun cream and lots of water. Mm, Absolutely
0: so just want to say a massive thank you to Saskia because she donated two tickets to Superbloom for this coming Thursday which she couldn't make and she basically gave them to us and said you know if you can find a couple of listeners that wants them, then they're theirs. So Thanks, thank you so much. So lovely of you. So yes, we've given them went, away. That went
1: out on Instagram, didn't it? So uh, if you follow us on Instagram, somebody who scooped them up, do you remember?
0: Mel's Nosh, which is her oh. Instagram handle, who is also coming to the Biscuits. Yay! <laughs> In Bermondsey on the 17th of September. Amazing. Oh, yes. fabulous. Wow, what a lot of lovely culture for Mel oh on that note as well I just wanted to say I know that I have had a few messages come through about people wanting to go to the biscuit factory and I'm gonna have to do two (laughs) biscuit factory. it really has like everyone's gone bored and mental so I've got to do two dates because it's so popular so we've got the 17th September you know who you are because I've whatsapped you and we've got a group going those that want to come but have yet to be put on a whatsapp group don't worry to Your happen. life is gonna yeah. it's gonna be filled with biscuits at some point. Yeah, and
1: yeah. before we get to this week's podcast as well, just another reminder that uh, on the what was it fifteenth of August? Is that right? We have our live podcast recording, which is going to be on Zoom. You still have time to sign up. Um, go to the website. I apparently I made a mistake on the on the date on the timings, which meant it looked like it was going to be a twenty six hour recording. <laughs> it is not. It's going to be about a two hour recording. So Emily please, had a freak you know. out. I,
0: I really did. I thought, oh my god, really twenty six hours? And one of our <laughs> listeners, Stacey also think let me know as well time. so thank you very
1: much no don't worry it will be the the 15th the Monday at 7 p.m. GMT um, or BST I think I should say uh, and it will be about approximately two hours depending on how much we drink um, but yeah it won't go all the way through <laughs> until Tuesday evening so do not panic um, but, but they are going to
0: relive every episode
1: yeah exactly we're going to go through them all um, and then the yeah um, so the tickets are free they don't have to pay anything but they are um, there is a, a capacity limit so we've got quite a lot of people i think signed up haven't we already so yes. if you do want so to come, come on
0: sign up you do yeah, need you, to supply yeah, your you. own alcohol but
1: yeah exactly um and you don't need to sort of sign up if you're watching several people to a device that's fine you only need to sign up once because it's just a zoom link but yeah. we can only fit so many people in the zoom room <laughs> uh, so There we go. Uh, right on into this week yeah where are we going where are you taking us well elephant and castle is where oh we, yes oh, we stopped uh, and I've decided to chat about the 40
0: elephants. Now, have you been, have you been a good girl and not I looked it up? been a good girl. I haven't looked it up. And actually, somebody, uh, I forgot, actually wanted us to talk about the 40 elephants. So oh, this really? is perfect. Yes.
1: Oh, fabulous. Okay. Yes. Well, in that case, uh, job done. So cast your mind back, if you will, to 1915. We're at Selfridge's department store. Uh, this is, you know, the, the peak kind of glamour era well, I say, 19, 1915 sort of mid-First World War but, you know, going into those those lovely kind of ni- 1910s and then 1920s fashion as well. So we're in Selfridges and as we're at Selfridges um, a variety of very well-dressed very expensive-looking women start coming into the store in little groups of maybe four or six and all of a sudden Up in front of the store pulls a huge limousine and out of this limousine steps a fabulous woman dressed in furs and diamonds. She's tall. She's striking. Her name is actually Alice Diamond. Great name. Alice Diamond. Alice Diamond. Covered in diamonds. Alice Diamond. Um, And all of these women are dressed in furs and expensive dresses and all this kind of thing. And they all come into Selfridge's. Alice Diamond comes in as well and they shop and they browse and they try on clothes and they get giddy about the latest hats and they look at some jewellery and they stay for about an hour and you know this is the time when it's very everything's very modest so the, mm. uh, the women trying things on you know you have your, your shop workers there but they'll mostly be sort of left to their own devices and, and they fit right in you know Selfridge's is high end they fit right in. Then after about an hour the ladies trickle away and they all leave. And then the store realises that these women were no ordinary shoppers. They were part of a group of women called the Forty Elephants, which was London's first known all-female gang. And they had left Selfridges with an absolute fortune (gasps) in goods and clothes they had stolen.
0: I didn't know it was going to go there. (laughs) Wait, where did this land? This is an elephant castle. Oh, right. We are in Elephant and Castle. We are, we are. But I'm just... But currently we're in Selfridges. In Selfridges.
1: And I've given you a particular date in, uh, in, uh, for this um, event in 1915, um, which is kind of the absolute peak of this group called the 40 Elephants. Now, these women, we're not 100% sure how long this group was operating for. Somewhere between 70 and about 180 years. We don't quite know the first mention in the papers of this group called the 40 elephants uh, was in 1873 but there have been sort of you know there's been female crooks in the area since the late 1700s but we haven't really seen anything in the press particularly so it could be that this this gang dates from as early as kind of the 1780s but we start first start to hear about them in a big way in the 1870s and they go on into the 20th century now who they are is a group of women um, who live in the area of Elephant and Castle, which is why they're called the Elephants, 40 mm-hmm. Elephants.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um,
1: probably about 40 of them originally, although the, the gang does get bigger and smaller um, throughout time. And they were always slightly under the control, before they set up as this gang, of a, of a mob, a gang called the Mob, the Elephant and Castle Mob, which was a male controlled gang, okay? And this, this gang, they, you know, there were quite a lot of gangs around London And this, this gang in Elephant and Castle Were pretty you know, they, were, they were pretty rough They were very violent, mostly male controlled And they did use women when they were needed But usually kind of as accomplices Or maybe as a sort of decoy But because you were A smaller part, so you were an accomplice Or a decoy, you didn't you got a much much Smaller cut of the loot
0: mm.
1: And in the end these women were like You know what, we can do it Better we can do it ourselves.
0: Oh, oh, so they fully controlled the gang.
1: So this is didn't have feminism in action, but in the criminal enterprise area. So oh,
0: bloody hell.
1: they decided they were going to split from the Elephant and Castle mob. And a lady called Mary Carr led the split. But she did a deal with this Elephant and Castle mob. So rather than just going out on their own and you know getting on with it, which could potentially have been problematic, they made a deal. And the deal was that uh, the mob would protect them in exchange for a certain amount of what the elephants were going to earn from all of their looting and all this kind of thing. Okay. And that was that—that was the deal that happened. And the leader of the gang was always known as the Queen. So Mary Carr is this first queen of mm. the 40 elephants. Great, you know, the queen of, of this gang is fantastic.
0: Now, yeah, I would love to have been, like, around the table when they were coming up with names. I know.
1: I, well, there's, there's possibly... I've, I've read two different reasons as to
0: why they're called the elephants. I mean, partly it's
1: because, yes, they live... Red Elephant Castle, that's their area. There's also another theory in that when they were stealing stuff, and especially in the kind of 1910s, 1920s, you have these big kind of skirts and big crinolines and all this kind of thing. Very easy to, to you know, stuff things up the skirts and then leave with them. So often they were, they were sort of seen waddling out of stores because they've stuffed like coats and dresses and stuff into their... Into their dresses that they're wearing, they're sort of waddling out, looking a bit like elephants because they've suddenly got a lot fatter over the course of 20 minutes. You know, so God,
0: this is very reminiscent to a carry-on movie. And it I is remember a these bit. guys that dressed up as women. They started putting lots of jewellery down their bras.
1: Yeah. I know it is a bit like that, isn't it? Mm. But okay, so for the most part, now there's a few ways that they they do their stealing. So one of them is, of course, going into shops and stealing that way. They're mostly what were called hoisters. So a hoister is essentially that you will do the stealing and you then resell what you've stolen on. So you are not mm. going to be selling it to the kind of end punter if you like what they're going to do is they're going to sell it to people who are called fences and fences are people who deal in stolen goods they kind of if you think about it like being the middleman between the thief and the punter so the thief is going to steal your stuff they want to get rid of it pretty quickly because it's it's hot property um the the um fence will come in they will you know buy whatever it is usually at a a cut down price on what it's actually worth because obviously they're going to make money on it um and a lot of these that the 40 elephants would do they'd con their way into into households as well as as housemaids and servants and then once they were in and established they would then loot uh where they were working you know so there's stuff going on on the inside they're also seducing and blackmailing lots of men particularly influential men with money
0: and and power. Are they, uh, do we know if they had husbands or children did, yeah. and they were just... Did, do you think they told them or this was just...
1: A lot of the, the husbands would, were involved in in mm-hmm. either being a fence or being part of the, the mob as well. So, yeah. Oh, they're, they're totally, you know, yeah. thick as thieves, right? Yeah. Um, and in fact, and we're going to come to it later, you could only really marry somebody that the Queen um, would deem appropriate as well. So, you, you know, she's not going to... could only
0: gonna... marry someone that she agreed to yeah basically. oh god so she's kind of she's a bit pimpy
1: yeah well we'll get to that we'll get to that um, a lot of what they do is shoplifting in these fancy stores Selfridges, other department stores that kind of thing and they're stealing you know furs and trinkets and silverware and jewellery and fashion and coats and dresses and hats and all this kind of thing but like luxury stuff mm. um, and they would then sell that on and use the money to buy even more lux- luxury stuff for them they would never keep what they stole that was rule, you know, one of the rules. You do not keep what you sell. Um, and like I say, they wouldn't get what the stuff is worth. But the fences are going to pay cash. They're going to pay cash there and then, and they're going to get rid of it from them straight away. So that's that's the key thing: is you want to be, you know, getting rid of it. Now, in um, 1916, Mary, um, who's the Mary Car that the Queen, mm-hmm. she retires, and she's uh, she's. Well, gives the sort of, I guess, the throne, you'd call it, uh, or the job of being the queen to this Alice Diamond, who we heard about earlier. Now, Alice Diamond is a really interesting case. So Alice Diamond has been in the sort of underworld for, well, since she was a kid. Okay, so she'd been a jobbing thief since she was a child. Um, She had first been arrested at 17 years of age. When she ended up, not not only was she arrested, but she was imprisoned for six weeks in Holloway Prison for stealing blouses.
0: At the age of seventeen.
1: At the age of seventeen, but she's been she's been grifting for a long time before this. So first time, you know, getting seventeen, having your first um, arrest is pretty decent. Um, She she was very tall. She's about five foot nine. She's very striking. Um, she was quite broad as well and she was very, very, very strong. And on the, this first arrest when she was 17 um, years of age, it took three policemen to hold her down. That's oh, how much she fought wow. back. Yeah, I know. Um, God, feisty. And she was sort of, you know, she was born into a, a pretty miserable situation. She was the oldest of eight children. She was born at Lambeth Workhouse Now we heard about Lambeth Workhouse before it's the one that Charlie Chaplin lived in when he was a child as well Mm -hmm. Um, and her father was a pretty violent man who had been jailed quite a few times Um, he was a thief as well and he was violent and and all this sort of stuff so you know it's not a great situation that she's been been born into and she wanted better she saw that she didn't didn't just want money to be able to put food on the table and, and live a you know have a house and whatever kids and that kind of thing she wanted glamour she was, you know, the, the movies were starting to come out and she was looking at this and going, I would like some of that glamour. I would like enough money to be able to do that. Mm. And there aren't many options for women. And I, I often talk about this on my Harlots tour that you've got the options are you go into service. So housemaid, servant, scullery maid, that kind of thing. You can get married into poverty, pop out a few kids, maybe die in childbirth, super fun. Um, or you can go into prostitution so she was like well i'll have the fourth option i will go into crime where i can make a lot of money in, indulge in what i want you know the glamour and have enough money to be able to live on and, and be you know self-sufficient yeah so this is what she did and she was very aware of how she and the 40 elephants looked so the she knew the more they looked the part the more successful they would be And so they became more and more glamorous, more trendy, more decadent, wearing the most incredible clothes and furs and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And Alice even took to wearing diamond rings, which she would basically use as a sort of makeshift knuckle duster.
0: (gasps) I know. So you see, like, as you described, you know, she's coming out of the car. Yeah. And she could just throw say, a punch wow, as well. Look at this elegant this woman. Incredible woman. But if she was cornered, she
1: would fight like a caged animal. Wow. So, yeah, she, she, she could throw a serious punch and she's got these diamond rings on which are going to do some damage.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: violence, but make it glamour, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go for it. Mm. So, of course, the more decadent, the more trendy they get, the more people start to take notice and the more the press take note, of, of course, as well. So Alice Diamond, when it gets to the the 1910s 1920s this is where the 40 elephants are at their peak for a variety of reasons you've got the press who are kind of obsessed with them I guess but in a sort of you know they they put the women down as being these wonderful glamorous women who were also you know thieves but glamorous thieves but these women could be violent I mean they could be as violent as any of the men, men, male gangs around, so the press would put them down as being these sort of lovely, genteel, like almost sort of gentlewoman thieves. But actually, they was they were rough as old boots, hard as nails. Yeah, absolutely. And Alice decided that one of the ways that they would be very successful would to be was to be organised. So she broke the women down into different little groups or cells, and what that meant is that they could split down into these little cells and sort of scatter across London, which meant that you could do robberies in different parts of the city at the same time. It means that the might of the police force would then be split and also shopkeepers would be unaware. You know, the the news would trickle down, oh, the... Uh, the 40 Elephants are up in wherever. Oh, they're up on Oxford Street today. You think, oh, okay, well, my shop's safe. And then all of a sudden. And then before you know, you know, you
0: know, you know it, you know, someone's putting their hand in your too. Exactly. And these, some of these women are
1: pretty, you know, full on. There's a lady called Maggie Hughes. Maggie Hughes is actually married to one of the fences, um, a guy called Alfie Hughes. And Maggie is one of Alice's closest allies. They are really, really good buddies. Um, and she is nicknamed, Maggie is nicknamed Babyface. She's only four foot 11. So she's quite wee. And, and and everybody was like, oh, you know, baby face. And it was a bit of a joke because she was hard as nails. Absolutely. Mm. She had mm. tattoos on both arms, which, I mean, you're, you're a tattooed lady, aren't you? But and this is a... And yeah, I as am arms. hard as nails. <laughs> but, you know, this is... Oh, nice. The gun show. Thanks, Em. Um, <laughs> but like, this is, you know, with the 20, 21st century, this is the... 19th century women don't have tattoos. Mm. People who have tattoos are sailors, army men, criminals People that have been in jail. Exactly. So she is covered in tattoos and she has a pretty fiery temper. Almost, in fact, she was described as being psychotic when she was drunk, oh which God. she was almost always drunk. So, you know, that's.
0: And this is the rare. one that's four foot 11. Four foot 11, yeah. Gosh.
1: So you can imagine, I don't know, yeah, just. The, the 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 might and the power in this little four foot eleven woman, who you just think, oh, she will take me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll come off worse from that.
0: Especially when her fa- uh, her name is Babyface.
1: Yeah, that's just so funny. Shout out to Katie Wignall, our own little uh, mini mini scrapper, who's uh,
0: <laughs> who is short, but I reckon would also come out top in a fight. <laughs> yeah, she would. She absolutely would. <laughs>
1: um. So you know, this is the kind of women that you've got involved in in this uh, in this gang, and. So in order to sort of keep them in line, Alice decides she's going to create a code of conduct, which was called the Hoister's Code. And it's actually very democratic. So there is a lot of, well, I mean, they say thick as thieves, don't they? They, This is exactly what that is. It's about all the women looking out for each other and being equal. So, for example, uh, when a robbery had taken place, a robbery, a shoplift, whatever it might be, there was an equal division of the money and the loot. So it didn't matter what role you played in it; you were all going to get the same amount. If you played a role, that you know you were playing a, a crucial role, it didn't matter if it was okay, big or small. Okay, that's wall. good. Yeah. If somebody got arrested or put in prison, the gang would then. Uh, it was it was expected that the gang would care for the family and the dependents of that person who'd gone into oh, prison.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah? Very nice. Yeah. They would
1: always provide alibis for each other.
0: Okay.
1: And there was absolute loyalty as well you could be punished with beatings if you weren't loyal <sighs> so that meant things like you there was one of the things that was absolutely off the table at any point ever was stealing from each other mm. and this could be money but this could be boyfriends as well oh, right. uh, you know alice diamond realized that if you've got a load of women together sooner or later there's going to be a love triangle there's going to mm-hmm. be somebody's going to try and pinch mm-hmm. someone's boyfriend and this that and the other and the whole thing is good because she knows that if if you get a bit of infighting in a group it's not going to last mm-hmm. so that was absolutely forbidden you could not steal lovers boyfriends that kind of thing but um, Alice also has the say over who you get to marry if she didn't like a man if she didn't approve of somebody you weren't allowed to marry him and essentially what she's doing is saying, look, if you're marrying somebody who's kind of on the straight and narrow, he's either gonna shop us or you're gonna quit and you're gonna go and live with him.
0: Exactly. So, no, I get that.
1: You know, I, birds of a feather and all beautiful. of that. Yeah. And it could be as simple as somebody that you not from the area. Mm. You know, you marry within your kind, you marry within the Southwark area. Yeah, she needs to trust them. Exactly. So mm. it's a bit like a union in a way, but a union that's maybe a bit more sort of uh, involved in your personal life <laughs> yeah. than you might like.
0: Can can imagine, like in terms, because it's very kind of like the rules of fight club kind of thing. These women yeah. just like sat around the table yeah. drinking, drinking pints of tea and... Uh, well, you say tea, I
1: don't think it really was. They One of the funny things is that a lot of these shops would close on a... Or, well, no, be, no, wouldn't close, sorry. They would be less busy on a Monday. So that was all their day off. And so they would all go out... Um, I say them, I mean the girls from the um, from the gang. And so they'd all go out and get absolutely smashed off their faces. And because they're earning a lot of money, they're always drunk, they're always out drinking. Gosh. And it of sounds course... Sounds exciting,
0: doesn't it, it really? It does sound exciting.
1: But it, they also sound like, oh. you know, drink
0: didn't agree with them all the best way. No. So... I'm sure the, there were a few fights... Oh. even though they're these rules, you know, maybe between not amongst them, each other, them. but definitely mm.
1: with with people around them. Yeah, if you mm. went to a pub and mm. someone looked at you funny, oh, you ain't getting out of there, probably. With yeah, kid. or
0: looked at one of your gang.
1: You yeah. know, you'd,
0: you'd you'd instantly go for them, wouldn't you? Exactly,
1: absolutely. And they were they could be pretty violent, pretty brutal. Mm. They were also very territorial. Mm. So if someone outside of the gang worked a shop or a, a, a supply that was on their patch. Um, what Alice would do is she would make basically tell them that they had to pay a percentage of what they took, and if they refused, the gang would kidnap them and or beat them until they gave in.
0: Mm. You
1: are going to have to learn, you know, if you are on the patch of the forty elephants, that's it, that's their patch. But given that their patch is also going up to Selfridges, I don't quite know how they uh, where they drew the lie, But I think we're probably talking about around Elephant Castle, yeah. Ago. And of course, the newspapers love them because they're glamorous and and like I say they you know it was they just thought it was amazing these women going in and oh aren't they gum- have they got gumption but actually they're going to be you know smashing your face in down the pub as well yeah. um now as I mentioned, the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties is when they get really notorious. And I wanna go into a couple of the different tactics that they use. Oh yeah, nice. To to steal things. One of the things that Alice Diamond tells them all to do is to have secret pockets and kind of hidey holes in their garments. Now, as I mentioned, you have sort of big skirts, um, you know, big jackets and things like that. So they would put in secret pockets but also you can just fit a load of stuff under these skirts as well Mm. there was one 19 year old girl who was arrested at Whiteley's Shopping Emporium which is where Whiteley's Shopping Centre is today and she had a bag around her waist and in that was 45 stolen items inside It's a huge oh, amount. She, do I don't know, know what? what. I don't mm. know what what was in there. Wow. but But the, yeah, the police report says 45 stolen items. Gosh, she was she one going woman, for it that day, wasn't she? I mean, right? Yeah. Well, they caught her on that day. But um, one woman had a false arm in her blouse, so she had uh, sort of her uh, oh. one real arm, one false arm, and then her <gasps> other real arm is underneath, and she's using it to sort of what people are. Not oh, working, I love that.
0: That's the <laughs> stuff. it <laughs> Underneath, <laughs> it's fantastic. Nobody shake my hand.
1: Exactly. Just yeah. Well, just not that one. Yeah. Uh, the other one you can shake. Um, so what would often happen is a lot of these women would go in in these small groups, and they would go in and they'd go up to the the, the counters and they'd start sort of, you know, chattering away. They'd be really excited and they'd be looking at the latest fashions. and They go, oh, you know, you know the way you kind of do if you're excited. Oh, mm-hmm. no, try this one. Try this, this would look amazing on you. And then everything they're not, you know, that they're, they're taking off, they're sort of dumping on the side on the counter. Mm. And while the shop girl is busy sort of looking at them and helping them and being like, oh my goodness, this chaos, Alice would then come in nice and quietly. Nice and gently, nobody would take any notice because the shop girls are looking after this sort of gaggling, the squawking gaggle of women. And she'd come behind. She'd then rest her coat on the countertop on top of these things whilst looking at something. And then she would pick it up and scoop other up, uh, other items up underneath as she went. A real kind of sleight of hand stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Another tactic was called the crush. And this is where uh, a group of these women would would press really closely around the counter, and they wanted to see, you know, trinkets or makeup or items or whatever it was. And what they'd do is, as they're all sort of there in this little cluster, they start going, "Oh!" And they'd hand, they'd you know, be handing these things around, and all of a sudden, one of these items would get passed to somebody next to them, and then that person would sort of secrete it about their person, and then this other women could say. When when the shop girl would say, "Oh, where's the thing gone?" She'd say, "Well, I was never given. Nobody gave it to me. Who gave? Who did you give it to? Oh, no, you didn't give it to me." Sneaky. And gradually, all of these things would be handed to the back, and where somebody would scoop them up and then leave with them. Very oh, sneaky. Very sneaky. Now the jewel thieving was a slightly longer game. Um, well a couple of different ways of doing it one of them would go in they'd ask to look at say a ring or a necklace or something take a really long look at it you know sort of do that whole thing of oh i don't know maybe maybe i shouldn't oh maybe and spend enough time that you'd kind of memorize what it looked like mm. then you'd go to a forger who would make a copy and then you would go back in with the forged version do the same thing again take it and out then and then do a look little yeah mm. sneaky sneaky
0: sneaky sneaky
1: there's quite a fun tactic that comes in in the in about 1917 which is the chewing gum tactic oh. so america enters world war one and all of a sudden you know american things are coming over and being very popular and one of these is chewing gum and so it's not unusual to see women wandering around chewing gum so you would go in with you know, chewing gum and then you go up to a counter start looking at things you stick the chewing gum underneath the counter yeah. and then you could stick something to it so maybe a ring or a gem as you're looking at stuff pop it underneath the counter stick it to the chewing gum which then if they say where's it gone you've stolen it they have nothing incriminating on their person if the police are called they can't find anything and then a bit
0: later on another woman can waltz past and collect all the stuck items gosh i mean that wouldn't happen now because you'd get all the dna in the yeah, dna right? in the chewing gum um oh wow yeah. oh i like that Good, is not it?
1: yeah and Because we're in the 1910s, 1920s, they also, because they've got a lot of money to, to, a lot of cash to flash, they start buying cars, which are very new at the time. So again, very glamorous, Mm. but it's also good for a fast getaway. Oh,
0: yes.
1: And so what they would do is they would do this amazing kind of getaway. Then they would rendezvous with an accomplice somewhere, hand over the goods and then keep driving so that when the police finally do catch up with them, they'd be super confused because there's no stolen goods in the car because they've already been handed Ah. off
0: crafty ladies very yeah. crafty
1: the slight problem with this is that well actually no so with the cars it means that you can then go further afield so you can go outside london mm-hmm. and other cities uh around the country the south well actually, i think they'd go as far as birmingham sometimes uh you could then get out and get to these different places and then get back in time before the lockups closed at night and you could put everything in there um it also helps because out of London people's faces aren't going to be known and this is the problem that we get with Alice so Alice Diamond becomes so famous that her face Mm. becomes known Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but she plays into it so if you imagine she walks into a store and all the security staff going it's Alice Diamond it's Alice Diamond follow her be you know, stay on her. So all the security are looking at her. All of the shop girls are looking at her. They are keeping a very close eye. I know what
0: you're going to say. And then they're not looking at the other women who are coming in. And yeah, the other it. elephant that's just yeah. walked in, who's, you know, inconspicuous, exactly. four foot eleven. In she comes, baby face. Exactly. There we go. Mm. It's very, very clever. Mm.
1: But... Alice's undoing slightly comes in with her code of conduct a little bit. Okay. And it's not the way you might think. It's not sort of people having boyfriends that are stolen or, 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 you know, doing each other over on loot or anything like that. It's something uh, a lot, you know, more innocent, really. Um, One of her members, a lady called Marie Britton, meets a guy, falls in love with him and gets pregnant, and she decides to get married to him. Now, he is not from Southwark. And Alice has not given him her blessing. So they are newly married. I believe Maria is still pregnant at this point. This is December the 20th, 1925. And Alice decides that she's broken the code and she needs to be, um, well, punished for this. Also involved in this is Maggie, babyface who by this point mm. is off her face on whatever, because um, they would all drink a lot. A lot of them would take cocaine as well. Alice didn't, but a lot of the others would. So um, Maggie by this point is off her face, and they decide they're going to go and meet her at some punishment. So they they meet at uh, the Canterbury Social Club, which is near, well, it was near Lambeth's, um, there's a market that was called the New Cut. I think it's where the cut is today, or near there. And they all got very smashed together, and they got very angry. And they armed themselves with lumps of concrete and stones and bottles and they marched to Marie Britton's home and they held her at gunpoint and they beat her husband within an inch of his life.
0: Oh, it suddenly got very serious.
1: Very, very serious. And especially, you know, this is just her marrying somebody that Alice hasn't given her her the blessing. blessing to. And it was so huge, this whole thing, you know, sort of spilled out into the streets and everything. It was known as the Lambeth Riot. And the police were called and they arrested people. Alice was sentenced to 18 months in prison and Maggie, or babyface, got 21 months because she was the real kind of rabble rouser. She was the one who sort of incited the whole thing. So when Alice came out of prison, fairly obviously her position as, as queen had gone because she'd been out of it for a year and a half Mm. the gang needed another queen so a lady called lillian rose kendall was in and and alice diamond just couldn't compete when she came back out so she instead of, of going back to uh the gang well she was sort of still vaguely involved she started to run a brothel in lambeth instead and what she did is she sort of cultivated the new generation of shoplifters she whenever anybody wanted advice on the best way to do it, they'd go to Alice Diamond and she'd sort them out. She'd tell them, she'd trick you know, she'd teach them how to do it and then pack Hi. them back off to the, the gang.
0: Oh wow, but she would stop doing it
1: herself. Yeah, I mean she may have done bits and pieces still, I don't know, but as far as I'm aware, she sort of took a bit of a back seat. I mean, she was still loyal to the gang, because let's face it, that's kind of the whole thing, isn't it, right? But oh, no, she she took goodness. a back seat. Um she might have done bits and pieces. But Lillian Rose Kendall is the lady in charge. She is the queen she was known as the bobbed hair bandit she had this sort of short fringe and these (gasps) curls you know we're in the 1920s so it's quite a hairstyle and her speciality was smash and grab raids she had a car um oh and i actually i need to tell you about maggie's car as well she had this car and she once smashed through the cartier windows uh and and did a smash and grab on cartier so there's a lot of cash going around i have to tell you about maggie's car i forgot to tell you about that she was maggie was quite bonkers um, and one of the things she had was this car where she had installed, and I absolutely love this, she had um, a periscope on the roof installed on it, so As that you she do. could spot the police before they spotted her. Oh. Although, to be honest, if you're driving around with a periscope on the top of your car, I suspect they're going to spot you anyway. But... I mean,
0: that would be a little bit peculiar if that suddenly drove past. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now,
1: um... A lady called Shirley Pitts took over in the 1960s. Now, the 1960s was a much smaller operation for a variety of reasons. Firstly, security and surveillance has improved massively, so they have mm-hmm. that to contend with. Secondly, fashions have changed. It's harder to shoplift by putting things inside your clothes. You know, the 60s are all skin-tight pencil pushers and or pedal pushers and, and you know, pencil skirts and things like that. There's just ain't the space to be able to secrete things about your person. Yeah. So it's a lot, lot harder. When do you think the 40 Elephants were officially
0: disbanded? I mean, I'm just so impressed that already they've gone from 1915 to 1960. Well,
1: don't forget, they were first mentioned in the press. Oh, in the, in
0: the yes, 19th at least
1: um, 18, 18... the 1870s. Yeah, true. They may have been going God, earlier yeah. than that. I mean so, I'm yeah. sure
0: there could well still be a branch today, but you're asking me when they stopped. So I yes, they would they have officially say, disbanded. Officially, I would say nineteen Correct. Nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety
1: two. Nineteen ninety two is when they were officially disbanded. It hadn't really That we know been of. That we know of. I mean the 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 gang hadn't really been that big for for a couple of decades like i say the 20s 10s 20s was the peak it went on into the 60s but realistically um it hadn't it sort of already kind of passed into legend and folktale by the 1990s um and the reason it ended in 1992 is when the last queen shirley pitts died so clearly it wasn't really nobody was interested in taking over that but This was one of the most successful and longest lasting criminal gangs wow. in English history. And notice I did not say women's gangs. I just said gangs. Mm, mm. Lots of the men's gangs rose and fell. The the um, uh, Elephant and Castle mob had already gone. You know, they, they, they went, but the women carried on. So there you wow. go. If you want to know about doing crime, it's the women you need to speak to (laughs) because we've got the staying power.
0: And I wonder, is that because, you know, people just wasn't expecting it to be a woman so they could kind of get away with more things? There's definitely
1: an element of that in it, yeah. Absolutely. That sort of thing of... Oh, my God. The women wouldn't... Yeah, you you would not expect them to be going out there and and doing stealing.
0: I mean, obviously, I don't condone stealing, but I can imagine just... The camaraderie of being part of this gang, and at the yeah. end of the day, kind of you know coming back to this kind of—I guess they would have had different places where they lived, but maybe one main place. Oh, they they, they
1: they used to um, gather in the pubs in Elephant Castle quite a lot.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: amazing,
0: wow. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so shocked that I haven't heard from—I heard about that before
1: it's really I mean it's yeah okay we mustn't condone violence and crime but as no, a no no but you know it's it's a historic I mean we look at violence and crime all the time in history and movies and stuff but I mean what a story what a story
0: absolutely and to go on for that long because there must have been so many family members entwined with that where mm. especially in terms of trust you would imagine that it goes through generations
1: oh yeah absolutely daughters and
0: yeah yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. And you've even
1: got this fence, you know, Alfie, um can't remember his name, Alfie, uh, whatever, who is also, you know, he's this um, part of it. He's the fence. He's not part of the gang, but he's he's sort of tangential to it, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maggie's husband, I can't remember what her surname is. Wow, oh, gosh. It. So there we go. Podcast pedestal.
0: Wow, there's so many cruxy points. There's lots of fun bits, isn't there? Yeah. But it's your story so you get to choose the podcast pedestal
1: okay well i think i know what i'm gonna go for straight away i'm gonna go for this lambeth riot oh okay good one they go and and beat up marie britain and her husband and because that's the start of the downfall of the whole thing and particularly the downfall of alice diamond that's yeah
0: that's the one I'm i going like for. it i like it i like it I well I'm quite tempted to go for Alice Diamond because the way that you kind of dressed her up, literally, um, was quite extraordinary. But I think I'm gonna have to go for the rules because it is so kind of on the yeah. fight club feeling. <laughs> yes, and isn't it? you know, you they really had to drum in this kind of um this idea of punishment because at any moment the story could have been spilled and yep. I think I'm going to go for the rules. Okay. The Hoister's Code, it was called. The, the Hoister's, Hoisters Code. Code. The Hoister's Code.
1: Fabulous. Are those are your options this week, gang. The Hoister's Code or the Lambeth Riots.
0: Yes. Fantastic. Because oh, Emily
1: yawned so Sorry. so widely that she's. <laughs> Can I just say America. that we are
0: doing this at, what is it? It's just turned 11 pm. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to write that down. Hoister's Code. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Fabulous. dear. Well, thank you very much, Alex. That was fantastic. Pleasure, treasure, treasure. <laughs> Stop yawning. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's really fascinating. I'm just... Bored. <sighs> oh, yeah. Just bloody bored, Alex. I mean, come on. Up your game, love. Up your game.
1: The Wheel of Destiny.
0: Anyway, on that note, it's my turn next week. So it is I am ready. Still. Are you ready?
1: Oh, we've done podcast festival. So sorry. I'm going mad. <laughs> oh, wait Tell God. it's past 11 o'clock. Yes, <sighs> it's wheel
0: time. It's Wheel of <sighs> Destiny. Sorry. That's that okay. Good everyone. Right, off we go. It's landed in Battersea. Ah,
1: Battersea.
0: Oh, now, we have actually had quite a few requests, and we've got a request list of lots of things people have requested that we talk about. So... I'm going to go for Battersea Power Station.
1: Okay, fantastic. Well, that's just had a, a big refurb, hasn't it?
0: Yes. Yes, it absolutely has. Have you seen it recently? Have you passed it? No. It looks amazing. Like, they, you can see kind of where all the apartments are now. You've got all the windows going along the sides. Yeah, and it's it's got so much history. So, yes fabulous and um, uh, we
1: have to remind ourselves that Fiona Lucas got very excitable about the fact that Battersea Power Station should be called Battersea Power Station Station.
0: Oh, she did, didn't she? Yes, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't
1: stop you. Gang, I think it's Emily's bedtime.
0: Oh, it really is. <laughs> so we
1: are going to love you and leave you on that note, and we will see you next week for a bit of pa- Battersea Power Station Station. And um, we're going to let Emily go to bed.
0: Oh. Big love, everybody. Thanks so much, Alex.
1: Thanks. Good night, sweetheart. Bye. Bye.